Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and you listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now before we get started, y'all know I cannot do any episode without thanking you all for listening. So thank you, boo. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to me your ears once a week for about an hour or so. We are still all gas, no breaks on this 30-day podcasting marathon. I have decided to extend my marathon to the very end of January. So just go ahead and just finish out the month clean. I started on January 2nd. I was going to stop the 30th, but I might as well just go ahead and just do the extra day because technically I did not start um, January 1st. So that's where we at. So I wanted to talk about today's episode as to why all hood love ain't good love. And for those that follow me on Instagram, you may have seen a post yesterday that was talking about Mary J. Blige and her, um, her birthday and also about how I actually had one of her songs playing when I pulled up on a dude I used to talk to. That's the date that actually had just gotten robbed. So I said I was going to tell that story on this podcast and I'm a woman of my word. So we are going to talk about it today. Now, before we get started, let me go ahead and make some tea because obviously I'm spilling tea. So I'll be right back. So let's start with the homegirl definition of hood love. The homegirl definition, a.k.a. my definition, as certain terms and certain concepts are subjective depending on the lens of the person that is explaining the concept. Hood love can be one or two things. The traumas and stressors while being involved romantically with somebody that is in criminal activity or has formerly been in criminal activity. This is limiting, uh, including but not limited to, excuse me. This is including but not limited to gang activity that is illegal, drug dealing, robbing, and scamming. And any other killing forms of violence, things of that nature. Anything that can come with jail time is what I consider criminal activity. So the second definition is also dealing with the traumas and stressors of dating someone who has lived in extremely impoverished conditions. And their traumas and stressors from living in that environment. Um, So I have... I've been reflecting on a lot about people that I've exchanged energy with, not even from a sexual standpoint, but just in general, family, friends, business people, associates, seasonal folks, then romantic partners. But this particular situation, I kind of reflected on some commonalities between a particular type of um, issue that I would have. And it wasn't many issues because I don't have a type. I know some people say, oh, I got to, you know, you like you like hood dudes. No, that's not true. I like dudes that's healthy or on the way to getting healthy. And I like dudes that don't run their mouth. And do not, they're not, they're not big dog barkers. And what I mean by big dog barkers is they're not a person that's always talking in and with the ego and the bravado. And I'm an alpha man, all that other shit. I think that's super unattractive. I don't like that kind. I don't. Um, I like the unassuming, the bite is stronger than the bark type of people. The thinkers. The ones where, and you can't fake that. You can't act like, you cannot, you can't fake that type of energy. Some people will try and a few months later and a year later, the mask comes off. But with this particular energy, it ain't something somebody got to show me. It's something I feel. So the the enigmatic types, the ones that, again, are unassuming, they have a quiet power that's stronger than anything somebody else is yelling and hollering about. Those are the types that I like. So I saw this particular person i'm gonna go to the story um so we can just get to the rest of the episode because i promise y'all on instagram i'll tell y'all the story 
Heard again, heard again by Mary J. Blige was in that Instagram story from yesterday that I posted. And at 3.50 in the morning, I pulled up to a guy that I was casually dating his house. Um, and he was holding his head. He had just been robbed, unbeknownst to me. And that song was playing. And ironically, that song is about how you've been in relationships that's hurt you. And you want to like somebody and you're and Mary J. Blige is singing about, hey, like, I really like you. I don't want to get hurt. This seems too good to be true, but I can't get you off of my mind. But, you know, I done been there, done that with this with this stuff before. And I promised myself I would never hurt. I would never get hurt again. As much as I like you, I got to have a guard up because I can't get hurt again. So that was a song. Right. And the song ride out real nice, especially on some good speakers in the car when you're riding out through the city. So at this point, I was hitting I-20 West because y'all know I'm from the east side of Atlanta. The Cal County was happening. So I hit I-20 from Panola heading over the boulevard. <laughs> That's what my Atlanta folks. So I'm heading over the boulevard, and I know some of y'all probably like, Boulevard? Yes, baby, I was going to Boulevard because that's where he was. And for those that are unfamiliar with Atlanta, Boulevard is still an area that you just don't go kicking it at unless you got some business to handle there or unless you know somebody there or unless you're from there, okay? This is before the gentrification boom that's hit Atlanta. And Boulevard was a place where you could hit one light and be good. The next light, you might get your car snatched. And robbed. So for me, 3.50 in the morning, the boulevard, I was just kind of like, I'm about to just run these red lights and just get to where I need to go. <laughs> but when I pulled up, he had just gotten robbed. Um, maybe five minutes from his house, he had went to a club, a, a different club that I was at. While I'm getting home, packing my bag, getting ready to come over there. And I, I didn't even know he went to the club. Like, he just said, hey, you know, fall through when you're done. Let me know when you're done, you know. I'll pay your gas. He always paid my gas and you know anything I always wants to eat, he always pay and stuff like that. So he was always very courteous. Like, hey, I got you. Come see me. I'll pay your gas. I got your tank. Don't worry. So I go pack a bag and I carry my happy ass over there. <laughs> because, you know, DA. That's why. If you know, you know. So I'm like, cool, no problem. I got my backpack. I'm ready to roll. Or oh, my overnight bag. I forgot I had a cute little Victoria's Secret overnight bag. So I hobble over there. I get ready to go over there and I see that, you know, he's holding his head. I kind of suspect that he was dabbling in some things that was illegal. And the woman that the neighbor that would always walk around, I knew she was a drug user, but she started kind of talking a little bit, um, a little too much. And that is how I got confirmation that this man had been doing some illegal activity. He told me he was a welder. There were some suspicious things that I noticed, like he would take trips to New York. I never saw nothing, never saw anything illegal, never saw anything handled or, or on a table or nothing like that. But certain things I just kind of had a feeling about and the neighbor kind of confirmed it with some of the stuff she was saying. And some people would say, oh, well, why would you believe her over your, over the dude that you were seeing? Because he never denied it when I asked him. He couldn't look me in the face and lie to my face. So when I asked him, I said, yo, what's she talking about about this, that, and the third? And he kind of looked at me and I said, damn, that's what you involved with? He didn't say nothing. And I was glad he didn't say nothing because I never wanted to be a person that was that was knowing. But I think for me, I was just hoping that he would have. I was like, damn, man, like I like him, but I have a rule. Like I don't I don't date dudes that's actively involved in street stuff. So um, I was like, OK, because I think I needed confirmation to walk away because I had a feeling. But um, he he didn't really outright say it. But we, we kind of knew, you know, like, you know, it's an understanding. Sometimes some things don't need to be said. It was one of those kind of situations. And mind you, y'all, this is a very, 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 very long time ago, at least 10 years ago. So I was a different incarnation of who I am now. So, you know, 
hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? So over time, I noticed that the paranoia that he had from that incident started to weigh on him, which in turn weighed on me. And it started to get very uncomfortable to be around him. And I was trying to figure out when to cut out. Because again, Mary J. Blige song, you like somebody, but you don't want to get hurt, but you like this person. And I think the the final straw for me that kind of nudged me into being like, all right, sis, you got to cut this loose. We were watching Paid in Full at the house. And if you ever seen Paid in Full, you know what scene I'm probably about to talk about. I seen Paid in Full many times over, but this scene hit real different. And y'all know that scene where the stash house gets robbed and the people get tied up and eventually killed. That scene, I saw it and I just immediately got uncomfortable because at this point, he had installed like different locks the whole night. He was paranoid, you know, like it was just, and it made me uncomfortable because I'm in his space. So if the person who's hosting me in his space for however long time, whether it's an hour or, or a day or two days, whatever, if he's uncomfortable, I'm going to be uncomfortable. And if I'm looking for, and again, as women, we look to men as protectors. So when the man looking a little shook, it's going to make us uncomfortable, especially if we pick up on that. So I was like, all right, that's a confirmation I need to go ahead and just end, end that it. So it fizzled out. It wasn't no, I mean, it was an understanding. I think from that day where he got robbed, I think we kind of knew it was on the on the beginning of, you know, the end cycle for us. So, you know, we ended it. That's the end of moving away shortly after. Um, and, you know. And that's that. So another situation where I realized that there was a hood love situation is I dealt with somebody who had lived in extremely impoverished conditions. He grew up in the projects. And this is by no means a shot to anybody who grew up in the projects because I got family that's in the projects or a family that's, that's grown up in the projects. So it's never a shot to that. But in this particular situation, he grew up very, very impoverished, drug dealers, um, and, you know, gang members kind of, you know, rolling around and and in their area, you know, like, you know, just kind of wrecking havoc on the neighborhood. And that turned him into a person that was very combative and very um, defensive and very. I got to protect myself. And in turn, that made his interpersonal relationships, especially romantic ones, very, very hard. So for me, when, you know, when we want to love somebody. And we get to a point where we got to fight them to love them. That's a sign that I think we try our best to ignore because we want to fix people. And we stay in denial about the fact that we can never do that. We can never fix somebody. We can never heal somebody that doesn't want to be healed or is not ready to be healed. They have to want it for themselves or they have to see it for what it is. And for me, I was trying my best to work with this person because I saw the potential in what this person could be if they could rise above the, the circumstances created by previous circumstances of the environment. So I never want to blame them for their upbringing because that wasn't his fault. But I could hold on the other hand, like, yo, regardless of your circumstances, you got to fix this if you want to be a healthy person. And sometimes people that are used to being hardcore don't want to fix that because they feel like they have to shed who they are in order to be healthy when in actuality they could transmute some of those things or they shadow self and make it something that could work in a more positive atmosphere or a more positive circumstance so with this particular situation 
I said, damn, this shit is going to tax me mentally and emotionally if I continue to put myself through this because I got somebody that I see so much good in in terms of being able to be healthy that don't see it right now. And they don't think that anything's wrong. I can't deal with somebody that is in denial of their traumas and their stressors, but are but reacting to me and other people. Because I wasn't the only person that he was like this. With. He was like this with like, you know, his homeboys and shit like that. Like he was just always kind of just, just quick, ready to go. I said, I can't deal with this because by their denial of something that they know that they need to fix, I'm always hurt. I'm always losing the end. Because they think they're fine. And until, until his point, if that's his truth that he's fine, he's fine. But the way he deals with me is not fine. And that's my truth. And that's what I had to realize. This is some hood love. It ain't good love. He's too indoctrinated in the politics of what it's like to grow up in that environment that he can't separate himself from a place that's not a war zone. So therefore, everybody can be an op. If he feel like it at any day, time, place, what have you. The minute he feel like you are up, he going to spaz. And, and when I mean spaz, I don't mean like putting hands on it like that. It's just being like very mentally, uh, like you know, just start arguing and stuff like that. Like just unnecessary conflict. And I just kind of, I couldn't do that no more. Um, and I had to check myself and say, all right, it's only going to hurt me more by staying in this situation. So I got to go. So I had to bounce. So I just never... I've never been a person, like I said, to at this point in the game, by learning through some of these experiences, I've never I've never wanted to give up on people, right? But then I had to realize that sometimes the sacrifice is too costly for quote unquote love. I cannot sacrifice my happiness, my individuality, my my self-respect, my self-esteem in order to be loved or to give love to somebody grown son. I can't do it. And um, I think that dealing with those situations has helped me, especially as early as I did with those two situations, dealing with them as early as I did helped me set a boundary in terms of when to walk away. Now, granted, players mess up too. I ain't out here picking perfect dudes. I ain't say that. Sometimes you kiss a dude and you think that, or a frog, you kiss a frog thinking he's gonna be a prince and he realizes, you know, all he says is ribbit. He's still a frog. So I'm not saying I'm out here just picking the cream of the cream because sometimes, you know, sometimes I do. You know what I'm saying? Also, sometimes I kiss a frog. But at the same time, the boundary piece for me is what I learned from these hood love relationships. I had one on each end. I had one person dabbling in some bullshit. I had another person that was um, traumatized by his experiences growing up in the hood. And that ended up uh, negatively affecting his ability to to um, to have healthy relationships. So for those that are dealing with hood love relationships, um, I... I don't want to tell nobody what to do, right? But what I would like to lay on y'all, if y'all open to hearing it, is that only you are going to know what's best for you. But understand, everything comes with a cost. I know like the term like ride or die is like the thing where people want to hold that as a badge of honor. I don't think that's a badge of honor. I think being a ride or die... I think to ride or die is to ride and die. Because if you got to ride at the cost of your self-esteem, your self-respect, your self-worth, your boundaries, you're killing yourself inside out. Pieces of you are dying inside. Riding and dying is definitely possible. 
I know from experience because that relationship, like a long, long time ago, I told y'all about with the dude that was very combative and things of that nature. It was over 10 years ago. But at the same time, I know I can still definitively without a shadow of a doubt say that I was losing myself in that relationship because I just wanted to help him. But you cannot give help to somebody that don't want it. So to all my rider dyers out there, man, if you're going to continue to ride, because some people choose what they choose. And I respect it. You made your choice. But just remember, man, like every choice has a consequence for better or for worse. So remember to stay up as much as you can mentally, physically, and mostly what have you. If you're in a relationship with somebody that is dealing with you in an unhealthy manner due to the ways they've grown up or due to the traumas they've experienced. And especially if they don't want help. You feel me? So all hood love ain't good love. And the reason why I say all hood love um, ain't good love is because there are situations where it can be good, but there's also situations where there are story times. In this case, mine. <laughs> so, And I'm laughing again because hindsight is always 2020. okay? So that is why all hood love is not uh, good love to me. There's no course of action to get healthy uh, boundaries healthy treatment whether it's a spiritual advisor whether it's a mental advisor like one of my elders always tells me she's one of my spirit, spiritual advisors she said a mental health piece is cool but she's like you gotta get some spiritual piece in there too boo if you ain't got no spiritual help what good is the mental and some people may disagree but I agree with that I think at some point people should find an integrative practice that allows them to merge all parts of their being and religious and spiritual beliefs or lack thereof, because some people do not believe in anything, that should be factored in when getting some type of mental help. And that's why I'm going back to school so that I can do this in my own way. You feel me? I started classes today. What, yesterday? Sorry, classes yesterday too? I forgot I got two classes. I'm like, man, we own, we own, we own. So that is it for this week's episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I got a feeling I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. For some reason, there's just no... This is not a topic that you can just cover in like 20 minutes. That's just not how this works. So we're going to definitely come back to this. I think this is going to be a series. Oh, I just got an idea. Yep, it's going to be a series. We'll talk about it later. But don't forget to tap in with me. Um, Instagram, I have two accounts. Well, three accounts. I have Spiritual Homegirl. I have the backup channel, which is The Spiritual Homegirl. Instagram, I have Make Peace with the Day. Make Peace with the Day is how I do what I do as a spiritual homegirl. For those who don't know, I am a certified meditation teacher, certified aromatherapy practitioner, also certified community counselor. I actually just got tapped to do um, or co-facilitate a yoga and mindfulness um, support group over with my counseling center, which is the Southern California Counseling Center. Shout out to y'all. Because y'all been putting me on game, letting me flex and learn. So I, I really appreciate them. Facebook, I'm Spiritual Home Girl. Also on Twitter and Clubhouse, I'm Spirit Home Girl. I got an announcement coming up. Me and one of my girls are going to run a room every Monday. And if y'all have heard this podcast episode um, with her before, y'all y'all should know. She's dope. She's a podcast episode guest from two years ago. She gave me a very good um reading of of this particular concept that she is very well um mastered and and she's an expert at and she blew my mind and as this podcast series goes on it's a daily series i'm gonna tell you what exactly it is but i will give y'all a hint on who it is it was an episode guest from 2018 so if y'all really day ones for the podcast or y'all just not tapping in and y'all binge listening it's one of them 
I will say she is fire. It's confirmed. We got our first uh, time date, everything. We got the format rolling. So if you are not on Clubhouse, you might want to follow because it's going to be fire. Anyway, so YouTube, I'm also a spiritual homegirl. Sign up for Tribe Letter. goes out every Monday. It went out yesterday. Don't miss the next one. Um, you can click my link in my show notes. All of these all of these things I'm saying right in my show notes. So just hit the link, boo, and I got you. If you want some aromatherapy solutions, um, I have roll-ons, crystal-infused aromatherapy inhalers. Everything I do with aromatherapy is crystal-infused. So I have plastic inhalers, glass inhalers, bath kits, as well as roll-on um, blends. I have six different blends from protection to chakras to aphrodisiacs. I got you, boo. So definitely tap in at spiritualhomegirl.shop. Also, we're doing sun sign challenges every month on Patreon. Every sun sign change, we are doing sun sign uh, challenges to incrementally change our lives bit by bit. We did do the 13th sign last month, so we definitely do 13 signs um, out of respect for the fact that even though we practice Western astrology, um, there is 13 um, constellations that should be acknowledged. So we definitely um, pay homage to um, the 13th sign. So if you want to sign up, tiers only start at $7. That's 23 cents a day. So you can definitely tap in at patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl. So don't forget to tap in with your girl if you missed the past couple of episodes because you're used to me doing stuff once a week. Don't worry, I got you. These episodes are very, very short compared to my usual episodes that are 45 minutes to about an hour and 15. So um, yeah, I will catch y'all tomorrow. So this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, trust your intuition, and do not... Let anybody compromise your self-worth, your self-respect, and your boundaries for being a quote-unquote ride or die. We riding and living around this bitch here. Love y'all. Peace.